1: The Bucs could get some big help on defense, I do mean big, for Sunday's NFC Championship game in Green Bay. Vita Vea, That's right. Vita Vea has been designated to return from injured reserve. Remember, he had the broken ankle. He's going to practice on Wednesday. And get this, the Bucs think they have a reasonable chance that he will be playing on Sunday against the Packers. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown had an MRI on his knee. We'll tell you the latest on that. And two of the biggest plays on Sunday were made by a guy who had 11 receptions all year and another had been forgotten in this offense. We're going to talk about all that and more and some lightning news as well in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know who's got the best party platters for your catering in Tampa Bay? Well, that's easy. It's Mr. Empanada. Now, what the heck's an empanada? Well, you just take your favorite foods and you place them inside a pocket of homemade dough. It's going to be cooked perfectly until it's golden brown and piping hot. And their empanadas are a fresh twist on some old favorites. Order delicious, delicious menu items now, made from scratch, including soups, salads, and Cuban sandwiches online at Mr. Or you can call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay. Where Latin food, quality, and service meet, it's Mr. Empanada. All right, Steve. So uh, after a, uh, a very short night, followed by. Did you a long even get day, any sleep? No, I got, I got, I got two hours. Yeah, it's the I mean, glamorous life of a beat reporter. That's correct. Yes, in and out the same day. A little laborious, but um, hey, I was able to be uh, at the Mercedes uh, Benz Dome. We walked home because I was staying close enough to do that, and uh, had a six a.m. flight, which wasn't really good. But um, the thing is, uh, when I got to the airport, so I had to leave really early. Um, all the Delta ticket, you know, have those little. Um, those little ticket kiosks, you mm-hmm. know, where you you can check in. And, and I never have baggage, I just have overhead. Um, they weren't working, they were all shut down, and they didn't have anybody to counter. So it's like all these people there. It's amazing how many people fly at ungodly hours, like 6 a.m. It really I, is. I, I hated those morning flights. I oh, just, they're rough.
0: I'm not a morning person. I'll stay up late, no problem. Yeah. I am not a morning person. And, you know, usually, like, you sit there and you book a flight. You're like, yeah, I could take the 630 flight. That's not too bad. Yeah, Sounds like that's a good idea. Hold by like, 11. Hold by 11. But wait, wait, what time do I have to be up? What time do I have to be at the airport? <laughs> yeah. you have to be there an hour and a half beforehand? And you say, uh, oh, my goodness. Wait
1: a minute. I'm getting up at 3? Yeah, oh. but basically, because you're, so you're going, okay, um, like you said, I've got to get there an hour and a half just to be sure. An hour might cut it close. So And then it's a half-hour drive. So that's two hours. So if I'm leaving at six, I gotta leave here at four. But I gotta get a shower. So I'm. I have some stuff I gotta pack. So I'm up at three thirty. Like after a while, it's like I might as well just stay awake. You mm-hmm. know, like what's the point of closing my eyes at all? Um, that's just kind of way it goes. But uh, we'll have a good uh, opportunity on this Sunday because the game's at at three o five, I believe, which is a break for us and and our readers actually. Um, so yeah, but there was breaking news. This is all a, a point here somewhere that um, the Bucks are going to or have designated to return. You can do that with a couple of players uh, each year from return of injured reserve. Vida Vea, who? Yeah, I wasn't. I'm telling you, it floored me. Like I wasn't expecting this. I don't know why he was off the radar. You know, when you think about it, like when he got hurt, I mean, he fractured. His leg, and it was a gruesome type of you know incident where uh, Devin White kind of landed on him. You could see that leg bend in a place where it's not supposed to break, mm-hmm. uh, and so he fractured it. And this was back in October eighth, I believe, week five or six in in Chicago. They lost that game twenty to nineteen, and um, it was devastating because he was off to such a great start. I mean, he was you know rushing the passer. I think he had two sacks in the first five games. He was, you know bunch of tackles. They couldn't move him. Um, the the run defense at that point was averaging less than sixty yards on the ground per game. I think now they're up just over almost eighty or, or seventy seventy eight or so. Uh, anyway, so he was he was sort of having this sort of breakout year, and then he got hurt. And we don't really, you know, because we're not in the building, right? We can't we don't see guys that aren't at practice, and we really only see them a few times uh, for about twenty minutes a day when we're over there. So I had no idea where Vita was, you know, in terms of. I, I frankly, had forgotten one injury. I was like, was that the Achilles? It was like, no. Remember, he got hit by friendly fire. But apparently he's been, the bones have healed, obviously, and he's been working out, and um, he's in pretty good shape, and he's going to kind of practice on Wednesday, and they think there's a really reasonable expectation that he plays Sunday against Green Bay. Now think about the Packers and how committed and, and successful they were about running the football. If you can put his three hundred and thirty-six pound, you know, uh, body in, in, six foot four, next to Damakon Sue and all the other guys you have that have been playing, still the best defense, run defense in the league, even without Vita, I think you really, I think this is a huge acquisition for them potentially.
0: Well, we know the last month of the season they've struggled stopping the run, and when I say struggle, it, it hasn't been up to the standards they were the first twelve games of the season. Let's say mm-hmm. uh, they were still pretty good, but. You missed Devin White a couple of those games. Yeah. Now you got him back this past week, and if you get Vita Vea back, that that bodes very well for that for that run defense against Green Bay, who is very committed to the run. Even with as great as Aaron Rodgers is, they're very committed to the run. They've got running backs that produce multiple yeah. of them. Three and, of them, four yeah, of them, yeah. yeah. Um Especially
1: this time of year because you got snow, right? Mm -hmm. You got bad weather. Absolutely. January weather. They're going to want to keep the ball on the ground, avoid turnovers. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you get
0: Vita Vea back with Indominic and Sue and JPP and Shaq Barrett with Levante and and Devin White behind there. And you like their chances of slowing down that run game or shutting it down for the most part.
1: And it it does help those outside linebackers because um, it's very difficult. To block him or sue mm-hmm. with just one person because of this, their size and their strength and their quickness, they will they will take a one on one and push the guy into the quarterback. So very often you'll see teams use the guard, um, both guards sometimes to you know to try to put four hands on each defensive tackle that the Bucks have. And when you do that, that's how JPP and Shaq Barrett get one on ones. And when you do that that's how Shaq Barrett and JPP get the quarterback on the ground. And that's sort of what was happening earlier in the year at one point. Um, then Vita got hurt, and, and you know, B.A., um, Bruce Arians said he was convinced he was playing at a Pro Bowl level. I don't know that I would argue with that. I mean, for him to have two sacks and a bunch of quarterback hits, you know, in the first five games, that projects out pretty well over a 16-game season. And, um, you know, and just I think there's a mental edge there too when you get a guy like that back. And, again, I, you know, hasn't played football, don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in, don't know how much he would play. But if he gives you anything, just, just to look over there and see Vea on your defense, there's got to be a huge lift psychologically, if nothing else. Oh, a-
0: you know? absolutely. I mean, you know, just knowing, I mean, you know, his first, unfortunately all three of his seasons he's had injuries. He has, Um, but he's shown such great improvement every year too he has Mm -hmm. um and and and, you know don't forget too the other part of this is the bucks crushed the packers back in what week six seven whatever it was 38 to 10 yeah they didn't have vita vea that game no they did not you're right he got hurt the game before against chicago Mm -hmm. so they shut the green bay down now i think green bay's a little different team than that even though they were undefeated going in that game but yeah, and I think the run game's better than it was back at the early in the season. I think they're more committed to it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But you shut them down without Vita Vea. Now, if you get to add him back in to your defense, that only enhances your ability to shut down that run. Which means, you know, get get to Aaron Rodgers more as well in the mm-hmm. pass rush too. So, um, you know, this is. I mean. This is a what a pleasant surprise, or it may, uh, that's probably Didn't not, it that's not even
1: saying it uh, nice enough. Um, right. A welcome addition. And, and you know, look, they, I mean, let's not be naive here. There was a reason why nobody expected to see him again. You would have to make it to this game, mm-hmm. right? Like you were going to have to make it to the championship game yep. or the Super Bowl before, mm-hmm. you know, he would be even close to ready. So you can't really predict that, you know, in Chicago in week five. Is this like getting Stephen Stamkos back in game
0: three of the Stanley Cup final? Yeah. I mean, you kinda, know. Kind of, except you hope or, he lasts
1: more than one goal. Or, but, yeah, you know. or a
0: few years ago when Stamkos came back for game seven against Pittsburgh. No, they lost that game, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a good game. But, you know, you get him back in the middle it's, of the playoffs.
1: It's an emotional lift like mm-hmm. crazy. Absolutely. You know, and, and the thing is. Okay, let's look. Let's use these, this Stamkos example. And I'm not predicting that Vea,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if he plays, is, is going to be one and done. Like he's, but let's say that maybe he doesn't even play the Super Bowl. Let's say he goes out there and, like Stamkos, who gave you a, a, a key goal at the time, he he lays on top of Aaron Rodgers during a critical third down, and it turns the game. Mm-hmm. You know, or creates a fumble, or yeah. you know, does something like that. Even if he doesn't play in the Super Bowl, you've benefited from him being out there. I mean, these every play means so much um, that you want all hands on deck. And these are two big, meaty yeah. hands, and the, he's hard as hell to move. I don't think the weather's going to bother him per se, um, you no. know, if it's a sloppy track and stuff like that. But, I mean, he hasn't played football in a while, granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the, he's he's a massive human being who, who can move really well. Well, normally and, this time of year you lose players. You're yes, not gaining exactly. players. Right, and not guys with fresh legs. Mm-hmm. Then you'd say, well, he's not in football shape. Well, I don't need him for 60 plays. Yeah. You know what and I'm saying? And he's, not, like, running, I've, he's I've been, not running up and down the field. No. You know? No, but I'm putting him in there when I need mm-hmm. him early in downs, yep. maybe a few rush downs. But I still have, you know, everybody that's been doing a good job. You know, they're still number one against the run. They've given up a little more yards, but I've got Steve McClendon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I still have Will Golston. I still have guys that I play, uh, and they can continue to play. But then you add him to the mix for, hey, buddy, go as long and as hard as you can. Um, He's a talented, talented guy, man. And this this was – I'll tell you what this was, Um, and I'm just guessing here, but like – you know, I I broke this on Twitter, um, and then it was on our website. Twitter sometimes easy to follow in terms of like how many people open it. You know how many people mm-hmm. look at it. Yep. And by like a couple hours, it was a million five. And then when I last looked, it was damn near four million people had seen the breaking news about Vivaea coming back. Now, that's in our business. That's a lot of a lot of clicks, right? On a on a on a tweet wow. essentially, but. What it says to me is the gamblers are worried (laughs) because there's so much. No, seriously, Mm -hmm. there's so Mm -hmm. much action on these games right now that this could literally he could move the line, Mm -hmm. and I don't mean the Green Bay line. I mean he could could be both. He could be moving both lines. That's right. (laughs) And so if it was four, it could be three, and if it was three, it could be two and a half. You know.
0: Well, not only that, but this is what happens when you're down to four teams and there's only four teams that people
1: are following. That's such a great point. That's you're such in a the final point. four.
0: The mm-hmm. Bucks aren't used to that. Mm-mm. You know, it's been, what, since 2002 or 2003 postseason?
1: That, yeah. You know, it was the last since time they, that won the they Super were in the final Bowl. four. Yeah.
0: So, you know, the other part, I mean, it's, it's partly the gamblers in that, but it's also there's four teams left. It's there's, interesting. There's yeah. three
1: football games left this year. That's it. And let's be honest. Their quarterback is the best story right now, isn't it? I mean, you were going to get you were going to get Aaron Rodgers against Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers against Brady. Nothing against Brees. Brady's going to trump Drew Brees by about five Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Brady's story this year, okay, is one of the most compelling in in the NFL in years. Right? Like Peyton Manning. It was interesting when he went to Denver, and they didn't. I don't think they made it to the Super Bowl his first year eventually went to 2, he won one of them. That was a hell of a story, you know, like him leaving, he's pushed out of Indianapolis. They drafted Andrew mm-hmm. Luck after he got hurt. Um but nonetheless, that that was a big story. Brady doing this with this franchise that that had a th- a 12-year drought of playoff appearances that has only been in this game 3 other times in the mm-hmm. history the history of their of their franchise. Uh, this is just the fourth fourth time, and for him to do that in his first mm-hmm. try, and be sixty minutes from be, be making history again as the first you know home team or team to play in its home stadium for the Super Bowl, I mean those things are huge, man. Well, I mean not only that, but he took over a team
0: that set records last year, franchise mm-hmm. records in points and, and that, but had a lot of turnovers. Yep, he comes in during a pandemic with no offseason, no preseason, right and beats that record of points in a season and sets the franchise record for the least amount of turnovers they've ever had as a franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, that's incredible. You know, completely changed that. I mean, it, while the offense was still just as productive if not more, mm-hmm. maybe maybe he didn't throw for as many yards, but they got more points. Yeah. But they cut the turnovers down to 17 for a season, one a game. So that's, that's hell of a lot, man. You know, when, <laughs> when Jameis Winston last year had 30 picks himself.
1: Yeah. Without before you counted fumbles for him and other players, the thing that's so impressive about him is that he rarely. I mean, he's got twelve interceptions and five of them came against the Saints, and a lot of that is pressure oriented. But Mm -hmm. he rarely will place the ball in a position where any you know the only one that can catch it is his receiver most likely, and it might be a tough catch, but he misses well. Like people, you know, Mm -hmm. likened it to you know. Maddox when he used to pitch for the the Braves you know and and would paint the corners but just a little bit outside the corners and he'd see how much further he could sneak out there and the umpire still call it a strike that's corner he had good misses and what Brady has is good misses um and so you know outside of the Saints no one's really gotten him that much but man you know they were they were sort of on it and so yeah Vita Vea coming back is a huge boon to their defense. Which great plan by Todd Bowles, who's, who, by the way, is uh, or has by now, by the time you listen to this podcast, was going to interview for the Philadelphia Eagles' job, head coaching job. Um, I don't think that'll detract from his game planning or anything like that. Uh, so, shout out to him first and foremost. Um, but they, you know, they've they've got some they got some concerns too. in and, and one of those, from an injury standpoint. Um, is Antonio Brown. Uh-huh. I, I I don't know exactly when he went out of the game last night or on uh, Sunday night, but I I want to say he didn't play much in the second half. He
0: was he was kind of favoring one leg at one point during the game. Is that what it was? Just slightly. It wasn't wasn't you know like he uh, uh, you know a huge limp or couldn't walk or run, but it, he was favoring okay. it a little bit. They were showing that on television so
1: Yeah. Well, he. Um, we don't know exactly what it is. I don't think they're overly concerned. He did go for an MRI on Monday. They didn't make those tests available to us yesterday. The first injury report really didn't come out until Wednesday. And there's some in gamesmanship with that. Um, so you may or may not, you know, get a perfect answer. Um, but they need Antonio Brown. You need guys. And we talked about how he has led sort of the, the, the charge, you know, after the bye week with, uh, you know the last four regular season games and in the playoffs he's really been a difference maker and he, he really didn't show up all that much um you know on on Sunday i think he had maybe one catch and so um but here's here's what was interesting about Antonio as good as he's been and he's been terrific is that how two of the biggest plays made for Tom Brady in that game mm-hmm. uh, one was by a guy who had 11 receptions all year all year 11 catches Made the biggest play. It was a tremendous catch. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was unbelievable. And the other um, was someone that was just forgotten in the offense because of Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And we saw so,
0: Antonio Brown stealing touchdowns from him from Scott. Yeah,
1: Moore. yeah, we literally, yeah, we did. So, so I'm talking about Tyler Johnson, the the rookie from Minnesota, who came in on third and eleven in a tie game, twenty to twenty. I mean, if you don't pick up that third down. You don't get three more plays and you don't you don't go down there and, and you know and score and get a touchdown you know you may you may turn that ball over uh and New Orleans does that, but he made the best i don't even, wouldn't he call it a back shoulder it was more like this twisting pirouetting you know circus de olay catch i mean it was crazy man um and and look that was like that might have been the only target he had all day and frankly. He had had only eleven receptions his entire rookie season, but what a huge play for him in a twenty to twenty game, I believe at the time.
0: Well, and that's it's only going to give Tom Brady more confidence in him, and I know that absolutely. You know, you didn't hear the announcers, but you know, Troy Aikman was saying that Brady, you know, was constantly mentioned to him. I got to remember number eighteen. Yeah, you know that you know he really likes him and his skill set, and 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 that he just. You know, there's a lot of weapons on this offense. You can't throw it to everyone, but he, you know, Aikman kept saying, "You got to remember to throw it to to get 18
1: involved too." He's really talented. He's going to have a good career, I think. And then Scotty Miller, Scotty Miller was the forgotten man because of Antonio Brown, Mm -hmm. and he had a huge play. Um, You know, a a shot play down the field where he knew the safety was coming over, was going to drill him, and did. Um, But he protected himself and and the ball made the play. So I mean, you know, we talk about. You know, having Brown and Godwin and Mike Evans, I mean, that's a great place to start. And then Gronk and the running backs, but then behind those guys, you know, to have a Tyler Johnson, to have a Scotty Miller, I mean, that that's that's what makes you a great team. You know, when you have guys that can, you know, fill in um, next man up, and everybody preaches that next man up mentality. I got news for you: that next man up, if he can't play, you don't want the next man up. <laughs> it's, it's a bunch of crap i mean you know you'd rather have your guy in there at 50 percent sometimes than the next man because the next man a lot of times just couldn't play um but they got some kids that can play uh, some young players and and you know credit brady too for trusting him a lot of quarterbacks might give lip service to the fact that oh i trust everybody you know mm, when you got the ball and you're pulling the trigger unless you think a guy's going to make a play for you in tight coverage, you may not go there, you know. So he's worked enough with with Tyler and with Scotty. Obviously, he's had a report with him since the first day of training camp, really going back to Berkeley prep. Um, I I got to believe that, you know, Tom instills confidence in these guys because he'll throw the ball to them, you know, when they come in. And 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 they reward him for that. Well, he'll throw it as long as they keep catching it. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. And and he'll he'll love throwing it if if they they can make circus catches yep. on some passes that maybe weren't where they should be.
0: I I still worry about the running backs catching the ball in the backfield. I Leonard, do too. Leonard Fournette dropped another one on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I do too. They're just not good at it.
0: And you could you saw the look of frustration on Brady's face after <laughs> yeah, after oh, yeah. Fournette dropped that one. Was, <laughs> yeah, you, you did. Know, yeah, um,
1: yeah I was, he was he was he was I think kind of thrilled he hung on to the one in the end zone for a touchdown. Not sure <laughs> well, he, got a he lot bobbled of that too. So, that wasn't yeah. a clean. Well, catch. and you know, this is the thing like some things happen like, you know, Godwin um had had some opportunities there mm-hmm. and didn't put one away and Although and, that that uh, was the tough that was that would have been a tough. Oh, it would've have have been a circus away. catch. I agree. Yeah. I know. mean, but I've seen guys make it. I've seen oh, him make it. Yeah, he just didn't get it
0: tucked he in. He actually enough. did the hard part. It yeah. was just when
1: he hit the ground. That
0: elbow hit the ground and it just popped the ball. It out. Popped it back. He, c- up. he couldn't get yeah, that elbow. The rules,
1: you know. So the you know, yeah. Pruder film comes out. <laughs> you know, and it's like, wow, oh, look at look at the uh, look at frame number three forty seven, Jane. You know, it's like oh, back we're... into the left, back exactly. to the left. I saw the ball move. It moved. Did you see it moved? Oh, it definitely moved. I just wonder what it would have been when Burton Emmanuel was playing speaking of championships games uh, in uh, St. Louis back in the day, nineteen what would have been nineteen ninety nine season, I think, something I like think that. I
0: think so. Yeah, I think that sounds about right.
1: The other teams they other times they made the championship game. But but here they are and you and you got some young players that they trust, um, particularly on offense, and then the defense. Holy cow. Um, what can you say about those guys? I don't know. They they still do awards even in the postseason. I would expect one for Devin White. <laughs> I think it's coming. When you fill out a stat sheet like he did.
0: Yeah, what, 11 tackles, an interception, a fumble recovery, yeah, I mean, a just stiff crazy. arm.
1: A stiff arm, yeah. <laughs> Intimidation, a lot of mouthing going on back and forth. Oh, he talks and as, a lot. You, he uh, and he talked a lot after the game. Yeah. How would you like his uh, quote about, like, you know what fired us up is well, everybody's talking about what's our identity, what's our identity? <laughs> and then Bruce said it. Bruce stepped up and said – I'll tell you what, identity. We're a bunch of blankety blanks who win. <laughs> who find a way to win. <laughs> we find a way to win. He's like,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Oh man! But you these. know what? And he followed that up with, you know
0: what? At the end of the day, all that matters is if you win or lose. Mm-hmm. And you know that's what we do. Yeah, I, I like. That. I think I. Win. I love his his energy's enthusiasm. I think it rubs off. It's, well, it's it's a lot an awful more a lot of swag. Oh well, yeah, but it's it's noticeable even the way the defense plays when he's on the field and not. Oh
1: yeah, he's a beast. Look, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying he's this guy, but I'll continue to say it. He's this guy for them. He's their Ray Lewis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that he's going to wear a gold jacket one day, but he's their and emotional leader. He's their emotional leader. Emotional, but it's you know a lot of guys can go out there and scream. I've I've seen a hundred. Mike linebackers, you know, go out there and they're all up in the bit, And some of them are, you know, yellers and some of them are. We know Lamonte doesn't say boo um, mm-hmm. if you spot him, the B and the O. But, you know, Devin White backs it up. Well, there's I a mean, difference can... between being emotional and an emotional leader. There I mean, you go. There's a lot of people that can yell and scream. and it's He brings whatever. energy. You yeah. know, I would say yeah. he's like their spark plug. Like he's the guy mm-hmm. that, you know, you, when you plug him in the rest of the, the rest of the defense is, is suddenly energized. Mm-hmm. You but know he, what I mean. He's got that that it
0: that charisma that that leader quality that some no guys question. have, and some. I mean, Levante David's a, a very quiet. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna be the rah rah guy. Leader, he's, but he's not the rah rah guy. It, it's right? more by example with Levante. Right. Right. Um, you know, and that's just that, and that's that. That's you, his personality. You need guys of all different personalities on a team. You can't have sure. them all be the same. You don't want no, that. Evan Longoria was Evan Longori was a great leader for the Rays, but he wasn't the emotional rah rah guy. He was right. the do it by example guy. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'm going to sit back, and others can have the spotlight. And, and that was, you know, that was needed on the Rays, and he was very good at that. And then others are more vocal and more, you know, Chris Archer wanted to be more of a vocal leader. Kevin Kiermaier oh, wants to be more of a vocal leader. Um, you know, and, and football teams are the same way. Ray Lewis was an, uh, was a vocal leader, obviously, but you, you've had uh, lots of other leaders that that aren't. Levante David on this defense for years,
1: right? Um, you know, but but to his detriment because he doesn't say anything, he probably gets overlooked a lot. Yeah, I, I, well, Robles, I, yeah, I think he gets overlooked for that and the way the
0: team played for you know well, his first the eight, eight nine years too. too. Yeah. So that's the biggest um, reason. You know, but White's white's star will rise because ooh. of these postseasons. Absolutely. If he if he because comes out it. Sunday and plays similar to what he did oh, this past Sunday.
1: It's going to be huge. Yeah. I mean he it was already be. a Pro Bowl snub this year. He there's should some, have been in the Pro Bowl, but there's some guys I was talking there's some guys at the Bucks like, Yeah, I love the way he's playing. Sure looks like he's gonna be an expensive player <laughs> to keep. I mean, the funny thing is is like he's in year two and you know he was a first round pick, so you actually get like a club option in year five. But already there, you're like doing the math in your head. It's like, how many players are we going to have to leave to keep this guy? I'd rather have that problem than. Oh, yeah, sure. He's, he's a good player, and no you know, doubt. Maybe
0: we'll resign him. Maybe we won't.
1: No doubt. It's just funny to me that you know somebody's got to be watching the dollars, right? Like somebody's gonna be thinking ahead of you know what's gonna happen next Sunday. Um. But, man, I've enjoyed watching him play, like, and talk, and talk after the game, you know. And he's got a little – he's a little intimidating. I mean, he was hitting some piles, you know. They had some guys stood up, and, and 45 would come in there and just level everybody, you know. He's so, big. You don't realize how big he is. To He's all of a sudden, thick. He's really yeah, thick. He is. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's he's a big, thick dude. And he can you, run, and you see fly, how thick but, he is, and then you go, "Wow, he can run that fast!" Yeah,
1: I mean that's the other. Yeah. Thing. You know, you, then you you know you realize that, and you are going, "Whoa, he's moving. anything that big and that fast should have a damn license plate on it, <laughs> don't you think?" <laughs> I mean, really, you should pay taxes on that vehicle, but um, but no, nah, he's you know, and, and and charismatically, of course, he's got charisma for days, days and days. I'll be honest with you, um, they've got some young players. Just from these last two drafts, I don't care what anybody, like who's ever listening to this podcast, I don't care what, you, what your perception is or was of Jason Light. You got to take the hat off to the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, have you seen a better rookie in the last five years? I and mean, I'm sure you can come up with one, but let's say lineman in the last five years, better than Tristan Worf's looks right
0: now. I mean, you know. The only one I can think of that I think is really good is Quentin Nelson, who the Quentin Bucks wanted to take. That's a
1: great. That's a great who, comeback. The Bucks great wanted comparison. to take, but were one pick right. too late. That's correct. Um, Quentin Nelson's. I'll give you him. I would. Uh, but I tell you, not far behind. Yeah. No. No. I mean, in you know,
0: he's a couple years further ahead. So in his mm-hmm. career, but right. you know, Tristan worth's rookie year has been fantastic.
1: And what he did, what he did to Cam Jordan, mm-hmm. I mean, really. Those guys should have had like a a disco ball or something. They were he was dancing with him all night long. You know, what I mean, I mean, it was like Jordan was <laughs> Jordan wasn't going anywhere. He just pushed him around the arc. He, you know, sometimes he would he would kind of finesse him. Sometimes he would punch him. You know, sort of quick hands and and um, boy, that was a good battle to watch. And I I always say you know everybody if you watch the ball you're missing the game. And the game was on up front. The game was. You know, the offensive line fighting, Donovan Smith fighting, those guys hanging in there to give Brady protection and let them run the ball. And then, you know, on the other side was was what they did getting after him on defense. You know, they were just really, really good. And along those lines, speaking of rookies, um, how about Antoine Winfield Jr.? I mean... That strip, that to me, as big a catch as we talked about with Tyler Johnson and mm-hmm. that. But really, none of this is possible, because I, I think they're losing by a score. I think in the game, or it was time, I can't remember which. When Antoine Winfield gets the strip and and creates the fumble recovered by, you know. Mr. Mr. Devin yep. White, who else? They were down 13,
0: um, they were down 20 to 13 at that point.
1: They're down Okay, so they're down yep. 7 and it's yep. near midfield. So another that's, that's mm-hmm. when I turned to uh, John Romano who was with me and I said, if they give up a score here, this game is over. I mean, I said even a field goal, they're not going to get they're not going to come back down two scores against that defense. And what a play. And of course, you know, White scoops it up, but you know, Winfield all he's done is show up and he's you rarely mm-hmm. you 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 know you don't notice him on big plays because he's not out of position. Yep. Um, and well, sometimes
0: – And he had just missed an interception before that too.
1: Oh, he should have caught it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a tough
0: catch, but he just missed yeah, that
1: one. I'm sure he'll beat himself up over it. Sure. I mean –
0: Well, then he got the strip, so he made up for but it. But then he got
1: the fumble, yeah. And they're he plus four, and that's, you know, that's pretty much all she wrote. But you know, I give I give Jason, you know, when you look at the secondary and what they did a year ago, right, with Sean Murphy bunting, um, you know – they they've had Jamel Dean, um, you know, just just go right down the line mm-hmm. with the safeties, and and then Devin, and then you know you go this year, and you add a guy like you know Winfield Jr. Um, and then Tristan, as we mentioned, and yeah, and you, you know, know Tyler Johnson, and
0: yeah, I, my criticism of Jason has always been they haven't drafted enough on the offense and defensive line, and, and it's still my criticism of him. I think they've mm-hmm. they've they've spent too much on free receivers agents. and defensive backs and that, yeah. um, as far as draft picks go. But uh, that's where they have but, to go next. Well, and, and you know, and I think you know they're going to run into trouble in the future here when pretty much the whole defensive line is free agents. Yeah. Um. And and you're not going to be able to afford them all. Now they hit on Vita Vea. They've hit on Tristan Wirfs. Yeah, big time. Um, Ali Marpet they hit on. So they've hit on Mm -hmm. some of the ones they've used. I just don't think they've used enough on those positions. But look at, you know, I think, you know, obviously we don't know Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, whether he was a good pick or not yet. Um, and, right. and it's, you know, look, they, you know, when you drafted him, you didn't know that Shady McCoy and Leonard Fournette were going to become available too. well, that, and you had, and you, no had no pre- you had and, no preseason, right. no off. I right. think
1: if, you know, one of those guys, either Shady or, or Fournette may not be here mm-hmm. had, they had the 400 reps they missed in the off season, you know, because yep. he's gotten better and better as a player. Um, you know, you just get to this level where one mistake, you know, he had to fumble in Washington and it was almost like. Yeah, I don't know. You know, we can't lose because of that. So, mm-hmm. but I think he's going to be a good player. Um, but they've, I mean, those draft classes are really solid, man. And you're right; they're going to have to rebuild the defense next. I just mm-hmm. think that's that's where you go.
0: Well, you know, it, it, what Ryan Jensen's a free agent this year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, is Alex Kappa your right guard going forward? How long are you going to stay with Donovan Smith so. as your left tackle?
1: We got one more year left on his contract with a mm-hmm. big number, so you're going to extend right. him. I, playoff Donovan Smith is way better than regular season Donovan Smith. That is true. He's a bad dude right now. Yeah,
0: he he struggled a little bit parts of the the regular season for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you started you started worrying about Tom. I mean, that's his blind side there. But right. But yeah, he's been much better in the in in the postseason. But um, yeah, you know, but as much as I'll criticize Jason for. You know, his lack of drafting enough offensive and defensive lines, I think those are two of the most important positions on your team. He's yeah. hit on a lot of the draft picks in the last couple of seasons for sure. He has.
1: He really has. It's been a, it's been fun to watch. And, um, you know, a lot of people doubted their secondary, especially going into that game and whether or not they could get, you know, pressure on Breeze. And, you know, they managed mm-hmm. to do both, man. he was They were really, really good. So, so far, so good. We've got um, – more of the bucks this week i mean you know we'll talk more about jason light and and, and find out what's going on with Vita Vea and just you know what kind of condition he's in when we see him on wednesday i gotta believe that's going to be a big welcome to those guys on defense when they see him back out there running around i mean it is a it is a big acquisition mm-hmm. and You know, so we got lots. There's some lightning news, though. And the lightning, they had, first of all, they had a, they were supposed to be in Dallas. No, playing, Dallas uh, was supposed to be here. They were supposed here, to play okay.
0: Sunday and then tonight. Okay. Uh, but those games, Dallas has not COVID, started their right? season yet. Correct. Okay. They had, what, 17 players come down with COVID. Oh, now they're geez. practicing again. I think they start on Thursday or Friday this week. Uh, okay. But their first four games, two against Florida, two against Tampa Bay, were postponed. And those have now been. Announced their, the, the two games here in Tampa Bay are going to be made up May 4th and May 10th. So they're okay. extending the regular season already. The regular season was supposed to end May 8th. Uh, They've already scheduled a game for Monday, May 10th. Okay. And then uh, they had to move the Florida game from May 4th to March 16th. But the, the real lighting news is they have two players now on the COVID list. Hmm. Uh, Curtis McElhaney went on Sunday. And then Blake Coleman on Monday. That's a big one. Now we don't know if they have COVID or if it's just close contact. So right. uh, they'll play in Columbus on on Thursday night. Uh, we don't know their availability. Uh, would assume Vasilevsky would get the start anyway uh, on on Thursday. He has with that many days. Off. Well, yeah, he hasn't yeah. played since Saturday. You would assume it'd be Vasilevsky, but Blake Coleman. We don't know what his status will be for for Thursday at this point. They, uh, you know, it's much like the NFL. It's pretty much just a you know, hey, they're on the reserve COVID list. They don't right, give you right. details unless someone else makes it public. So, hockey is pretty good at keeping those secrets. Of news doesn't leak out as much as some of the other sports.
1: So, but they've swept through some teams, you know. Well, they beat Chicago. Granted, Chicago. Well, bad. no, I meant the COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Throughout the NHL, yes. and then, this is the thing. I mean, both you know them and the NBA were in a bubble. I mean, they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not used to playing a season with this virus and not be. So, you know, completely isolated. Right. I, I mean, this- the
0: the leagues are doing their best to keep the players and those personnel separate from everyone else. Right. There's, you know, I can tell you working in, in an arena with those teams because uh, I, I do some work at the Raptors too as well as the Lightning. There, There's definitely new protocols and you can't go to areas and, you know, unless you're part of – there's different tiers of people in the building as far as where you can go and – you know they're trying to create as much of a bubble as possible for the players, particularly when they're at the arenas. Now they go home at the end of the day, and you know, so you know, you know, you can't control what they do at home, uh, unlike in the bubble where everyone was pretty much locked in and you were you were there. Um, but you know, so they're trying to uh, you know eliminate those and 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 you know, but at least at the arena and stuff, they're limiting who has contact and all that with players with the personnel who interacts with the players too. So.
1: Yeah, it'll be. I mean, you know, all these teams or leagues are going to have cancellations they're Mm going to have to deal with somehow, some way. And um, hopefully it gets better as more Americans get vaccinated. That rollout has been slow. So who knows exactly, you know, when that's going to happen. But the fact that they're playing, so
0: it's a little weird for the Lightning. I mean, they played the two games against Chicago, and then you get kind of, you know, five days off. Five days off. Yeah. Um, So they took the weekend off. They've been, they practiced Monday. They'll practice again Tuesday and Wednesday. It's almost like you kind of extended training camp.
1: It's not Um, the worst thing for a team to have to practice when they've just been back like 10 days. I don't, yeah,
0: I don't think it's a bad thing for the Lightning. I mean, you know, you got to make up those games later. So there's some extras there. But, you know, I don't think this early in the season it was a bad thing to happen. I mean, you know, I didn't, you don't want Dallas to get COVID. Don't get me wrong. But, no, no. But as far as, you know, what happens with the Lightning schedule, I mean, they played the two against Chicago, Chicago's a really bad team. They, yeah, have, they, they have they they're a mess defensively, mm-hmm. um, rush goal coverage and all that. Well, the mm-hmm. goaltending too, but even their rush coverage and um, you know the the amount of two on ones and three on ones they give up and and they they're, they're just they're a mess. I mean, it's, Detroit I think is better than them this year. I think you know mm-hmm. Chicago will finish last in the division in the, oh, wow. the, the central division. I think Detroit isn't going to make the playoffs, but they'll be better. Um, you know, I mean, the Lightning should win this division. Even without Nikita Kucherov, and speaking of Vita Vea coming back, Nikita Kucherov could come back for the playoffs for the Lightning, which would be yeah, well, think about a huge it. what blip That would be yeah. Um, now you know, I mean, that's could four months from now we'll see how the rehab and everything else goes. But yeah, um, so you know, but the Lightning will resume on Thursday in Columbus, first road game of the season, and the road is very different for hockey this year. So
1: it's kind of like a baseball
0: schedule. You go to a city and you stay there for a few days and you play two games.
1: Um, Which is weird because if you're the team that loses, or even win—I mean, let's say you win the first one, man—you got you got you to feel like you're going to be teams will be scrambling to get at least you know two points mm-hmm. out of it. Well, and every game's a four-point game because they're all
0: division games. So that's right. But and there but, you go. But it's going to be interesting whether this sticks for hockey, because I think you know. So you go to a city and you you play, and then you you know two days later you play another game, and then you leave. So less travel
1: yeah I was gonna say, so think of what
0: the f- amount of money you save well, f- for the teams, you save money in that, but for the players, less flights at two a m true, you know, less time of getting you know getting you know into the hotel at four a m true uh, you know it, less flights period right you know right. You, you know you you get to unpack at a hotel instead of just staying yeah, here one I- night and, and gone again.
1: I don't even know what uh, that is.
0: Yeah, I well, know you don't. But uh, but much like in baseball, you get to a city and you're there for three days. And yeah, you're working I, every day, but you're...
1: I went on a road trip. I told you, you know, years ago I had to do a road trip uh, in, in, in mm-hmm. Baltimore. And, and the hardest thing for me was to realize, I'd been in this hotel room probably about eight hours, and I go, I can actually take those clothes out of the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> it be here like four days. Like, what are you doing? So I took them out. I put the T-shirts in one drawer. I thought, this is kind of cool. It's yeah. like, you know... I've never unpacked before. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting if hockey sticks with this because, like I said, it also
0: saves a ton of money for the owners. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's part of the rev share and all that. And and, and then, like I said, for the players, it's a lot less late-night flights, a lot less travel and wear and tear in your body that way. It's better for and, your body, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so you know, now. will we see this more going forward? It'll be interesting.
1: You could you if you if you drop two in that city, you're maybe not going to be so so excited about that schedule.
0: Well, no, no, and that's that's the down part of. It. I mean, we've already seen a lot of teams and the Lightning do this a lot of times, where if they're on the road, say they're playing in Chicago tonight, and they've got a game in St. Louis two nights from now,
1: they'll hop over. They won't
0: travel that night. They'll wait till the next day to to fly, so that they yeah, fly okay. during the day instead of you know getting in at four in the morning. Smart. Uh, now, if you have a game the next night, you have to leave right away, but. In a back to back, so you already see a lot of teams start to do that. But so I think it's going to be real interesting, you know, how the players and the owners look at this season and say, "Hey, is this something we want to do going forward?" And maybe something that comes out of a pandemic and and having to do things differently that they end up keeping.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of things will be born by this uh, this pandemic that's going to change the world forever, and sports is certainly going to be one of them. And how we cover sports how we talk about them, which we'll always talk about them here on the podcast, um, also is going to be different, you know, and it's going to be different when the Super Bowl finally gets here, whether Brady and the Bucks are in it or not, you know, just I'm trying to in my mind picture, like how long could you sit at a Zoom call <laughs> on a Super Bowl week, you know. Um, hopefully you don't have to do all of the stories, but um, there's going to be probably one right after the other. So it'll be interesting. Uh, the Bucks. I mean they're gonna continue their preparations. We're gonna to have Tom Jones tomorrow. Is that is that what I saw? That's correct. Yes. Noster Thomas to tell us exactly you know, he's the I will hear again. I know. Like I, I got pinned down on the radio show. They said, What do you think is gonna happen? I said, I think they're gonna lose. I think New Orleans is better. I think they're in their heads, I think it's a close game. And if I recall, Steve, Tom was like, No, nah, they beat the Saints. Yeah. He, he was. was real confident. Yeah. He goes, I think they beat them. It's like why, what? No, I think they're going to win. So we'll find out if he thinks they're going to beat the Packers, and then you got to run down there and put some money on it because he was right. He was absolutely right. No extra pair of eyes. So, uh, hey folks, if you're uh, into some party platters and who's not? Well, for your best catering in Tampa Bay, call Mr. Empanada. That's where you want to go. Now, if you're still asking what's an empanada, it's very simple. You just take your favorite foods, you place them in a homemade or not? You no, know, it is homemade dough actually inside a a pocket of homemade dough it's cooked perfectly until it's golden brown and really nice piping hot um, order some delicious menu items if you'd like to made from scratch we're talking about soups and salads Cuban sandwiches which are delicious you can go to all of them online at MrEmpanada.com or you can call any one of their seven We've got seven convenient locations just in Tampa Bay where Latin food quality and service meet it's Mr. Empanada Tom Jones tomorrow for Steve Verstek. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.
0: Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families.